Comedy LOL Podcast Network. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast. I'm a terrible podcast. I'm going to start today with a quote. It's a loose quote from the Bhagavad Gita because, of course, it's been translated. The sage awakens to light in the night of all creatures. That which the world calls day is the night of ignorance to the wise. And that's from the Bhagavad Gita. Um, I feel like I normally am the one that gives the first initial quote and a little bit of a loss here. So I'm going to turn it over to you. What are your thoughts on the quote? And then I'll right. just jump in. I'll piggyback off whatever you okay. say. Okay. You know, I love that theme because I'm going to I'm gonna stick to that theme with, you know, that's I just to diverge a minute. Um, there's a couple things I noticed in listening to the podcast every week, and I'm going to talk about that. And there's certain things I think you should go first on. Because you nail it, and then I would provide better commentary after. But we'll talk about that. But yes, I would love to go first on this. And the Bhagavad Gita is an ancient Hindu text. And it's basically what happens is there's this guy, Arjuna. Arjuna is a warrior. His brother is the rightful heir to the throne. Now, their father, I don't know the exact story. It's like their father had another line that was holding power over the kingdom for a while and it was like their cousin so they had rule the world and then when it was up to him to give it up up to the cousin he was supposed to give a power he didn't want to he tried tricking him he did all these things and finally it came down to this war so arjuna has to help his brother fight against their cousin but also against everybody they grew up with all their masters all their teachers because all these people are wrongfully backing the cousin. So he's he's in this war and he basically has to fight his whole family and he's worried that he's going to kill them all and he has a conversation with uh with God incarnated. So basically like who we would think of as Jesus, but it's Krishna. So it's this conversation and what it's used for allegorically is when you learn um I mean it's used for a ton of things allegorically, but it's really about self-knowledge. And it's it's about looking within, and when you start to look within, it's scary, and you don't want to do it, and it's a battle that has to be done. So that's that's what it's about. And this part where they're talking here, he's explaining how people who have attained enlightenment see the world, and he says the sage awakes to the light in the night of all creatures. So what he's saying is that the sage sees everything as a whole all is one he sees the darkness and the light in all creatures so he knows that that everybody isn't all good everybody isn't all bad he accepts everybody for how he is and then he also sees that that which the world calls day so he means that everybody else which is the world everyone else who is in sense pleasure who isn't who doesn't know themselves people who are out there basically just creating karma and they're living, you know, most of them are just living for pleasure and, and for themselves. Those people, what they think is day to the sage, to the awakened one, is actually night. So it's like living in reverse world. So that's what he's saying. He's saying that if you're not awakened to these truths and you're not true to yourself and you haven't gained this wisdom, then you are living in the dark, but you think it's the day. 
loosely. <laughs> um. Okay. So then, how the fuck were you gonna let me go first? There is no way in hell I was gonna be able to describe that. Or even talk about. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that was all gonna come out of me. I've just been actually listening again to the Bhagavad Gita. I have it on audiobook, which is amazing because um. I don't know. I just like it. it, I feel like I absorb it better when I listen to it that way because it's really like a story. So the way they break it down. And um, yeah, so (laughs) I was just at this point and I saw that quote and I was looking at it last night and I'm like, oh, this is great because we're going to be talking about the world and the world Mm -hmm. is in here. So it kind of seemed a little synchronistic. So I figured we'd share it today. And that was my uh, analysis on it. Well, I feel like there's literally nothing I can say that's going to add to that. If anything, my ignorance would take away from the description and the explanation you just gave. All right. I say the thing I could say to you <laughs> or to any of the listeners who thought that might have been like a little heavy is just that uh, basically once you start to awaken to what's really going on inside yourself, you can look around and see what's really going on in the world. And you start to see that a lot of people are ignorant to it. And when I say ignorant, I mean ignorant. So they're kind of just ignoring. They're just out there in escapism, which is fine. I Everyone love has that their you, own said, you, you said ignorant because that was in that video that you sent me. And yeah. I was actually just saying that to my mom the other day. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, what, that's how I pronounce it now because it's like you are literally ignoring all of these different things. And I'm not going to say that the quote was too heavy or your explanation was too heavy. It was just like there's nothing I could possibly add to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just mean for, you know, if someone's like, what are you, hi? I'm like, well, this is what I meant. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe. What it's are you, like, what are you? But it's like, but Brandon um, – I am not saying it's too heavy. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <right now. laughs> okay. Are we ready to get started? We are we ready. We do here. Let's do it. Yeah. So today we're talking about the seven of swords. Um, so still in our suit of swords. And we're talking about the world card, which um, in our second uh, deck that we're going to look at, I was kind of confused because. I looked up the world, I couldn't find anything, and that's because it's called the universe, but we'll get there in a minute. So what I normally do is give a description of each of the cards, and then we kind of go into our initial thoughts, what we think um, each of the different parts of the card means, and then we'll talk about how it applies to different types of readings. Um, We'll do one major arcana card, which this week we're doing the world, and then we'll do one minor, and this is the Seven of Swords. So let's look at this card. Um, My Seven of Swords card in the Rider Waite deck has a yellow background and a yellow ground and there's one figure right in the center he's wearing a yellow tunic and a red hat he's got red shoes he's carrying five swords and there's two swords vertically placed next to his that's his what right foot and the background it looks like some kind of fair or circus or something because there's all these colorful tents and then behind him you see these like hills um and maybe a cloud in the background over in the left towards his left knee um but that's our Seven of Swords description. If you want to see what it really looks like, take a look at our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L and the number two. Um, okay, initial thoughts here. What do you think? Initially, it it reminds me of like, it's time to get out of town. Like we got to get out. Stuff's about to go down. That's what it reminds me of. Or, you know, like cutting your losses also. It reminds me of like, thievery and like grief like he was like looking back to make sure no one's watching him that he's taking these things and also kind of like that greedy sense of like shit there's two other ones here that I could take like it looks like he's trying to like sneak away and then maybe run back or sneak back to get those last two 
Because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but who doesn't want seven swords? You know? I mean, yeah, seven is the magical lucky number. Exactly. Um, okay, so let's look at the different parts here. I want to start off just because I love talking about the color yellow. We know that's my power color. Um, there's a lot of yellow happening here. The ground, the sky, his tunic. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, why don't you go first? That's this is a good area for us to do that because I know you are much better with colors than I am. So, um, I think that since you know, going off my initial kind of thought, which is like this, like thievery, um, and trying to like take these things, it's kind of shedding light on that. So that bright color kind of gives it can't do it like a thief in the night. Um, so kind of if you're going to go down that road and that's the type of person you want to be, or if that's what you want to do, uh, you have to be comfortable doing it in the light of day. And um, yellow, again, he's like personifying that light being cast on him. Does his tunic, uh, well, does his tunic have red spot dots on it in your card? No, it does not. Okay. Cause I had a note. So in my, um, in my card, his tunic is more of an orange color and it has it it has red dots that are similar to like the same color as his boots and his hat. So for me that I was it reminded me of the alchemical process where you go through the rubido stage where uh, it's a reddening stage, the burning basically you it's like when the it's the same concept of the phoenix that goes through the fire and is reborn through the ashes, burns away all the impurities. So that's kind of what I was oh. had that thought, but I don't, you know. I just pulled up the version of your card that you're talking about here. Um, yes, and so I think that that gives a totally different interpretation because in mine, everything looks very similar. The tunic, the sky, the ground. Um, it just, for me, provided that uniformity between maybe like earthly and heavenly or spiritual and kind of earthly plane of he has to take responsibility maybe like going back to the judgment card of like he's accepting what he's doing in the card that i think you're talking about his face even looks different he kind of looks like smiling as opposed to like kind of like smirking right yes yeah i've seen i know the card um you're talking about i've seen both versions i know what you're saying yeah this he does definitely has a happier look in my card maybe that's why i got that interpretation um, okay, so now let's look at something that I didn't see in my card, but I think I want to go to next, which is in the background um, by his left knee, where I said that there was a cloud. And my card is just going to look like black, but in your card, you can actually see figures. And for me, looking at it, they're black figures, so it's just like shadowy, but it looks almost like they're like prepping for battle. Again, that's what I see, because it looks like somebody has like a spear or something. Maybe they're like planning something on a map. You know how you see somebody going into war and they always have like a map with all these like different like icons that they put on it. Um, that's what it looks like to me. So again, it's like maybe he sees like they're prepping for something and it's like he's coming in to, to while they're kind of, their attention is elsewhere to take maybe their weapons or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like they could be doing maybe some ritualistic sacrifice also. So maybe they're out in the distance <laughs> because I saw I saw it, too. And then I zoomed in on it and it really looks like the figure. If you zoom in on these shadows, right, it looks like next to that cloud that you're speaking about. looks like there's three different figures and one looks like he's kneeling and facing. The other one looks like he could be kneeling, uh, you know, and facing to the middle. And one looks like he's standing with a sword. And then there's one in the middle kneeling. 
and it looks like they could have their hands up in a prayer position. And he also has like a hat similar to like the Buddha would have, like that cone shape. So I don't know if this is if this represents something like they're sacrificing something or they're about to start a battle. And maybe this guy just thinks it's time to get the hell out of here. He's like, these guys are crazy. They're going to drink the Kool-Aid. Fuck that. I'm stealing these swords and I'm out. Mm-hmm. That would be me. Um, um, yeah. Let's look at the tents, like the circusy type of tents on the left-hand side. Yes, let's do that. It Those remind me of... Oh, here we go. They remind me of a city because the way they're all different colors. So it reminds me of not just like an encampment where people are living, but like an actual town, you know, where, where stuff's going on. But it is temporary, though. Uh, but it's not like just a soldier's encampment. And I also kind of what I like is how there's three. You can kind of make out three main tents with flags. And the one in the middle has black and white. And I like that because, you know how we always talk about the middle path, like if you see three pillars or if you see three pyramids, it's signifying that you should take the earth three doors. Same thing, you should always take the middle door, the middle path. It's the triptych we've talked about before, which is a hilarious name for it. <laughs> but um, it's symbolizing that you should always balance both a, a feminine, masculine, right and left brain hemispheres and use the middle path. So I like that it's black and white because that's, kind of the colors of the if you think the the two energies and it's right in the middle there i i love what you said about the structures being temporary um to go off of what my initial thoughts were i was saying this is more of a reflection of different human uh personality traits or characteristics and people can kind of always change and become different. Um, so if this person decides to steal these swords or take them or anything like that, he can always go back and change kind of his actions and be a different person. Um, and that's why I love that there's all these different patterns because there's all these different ways that people can behave in different situations. And it's just definitely a moment in time when you have the opportunity to choose whatever decision that you're making. Um, and then you kind of have to deal with those consequences. Yeah. I also, uh, I'd like to just say that I think that, say this figure's getting out of there, if if those guys in the background, maybe they're planning to attack or they're planning to do something bad. So he's getting out just in time right before it happens. So maybe he's one of these guys that is very intuitive. Sometimes people call them lucky but it's just that they're intuitive and they listen to their feelings. So they know when they should get out of a situation and they do. And it just seems like it's luck. You know, the human, I feel like psyche kind of like gut instincts are often overlooked as being like more um, emotional or spiritual, but I think they definitely kind of can influence things that we should be doing because it's like somehow on a, on a different plane, a different level, a different consciousness. We know you know yeah it's like our unconscious self that we're we we can't have full contact with because we would go crazy because there's so much information there it's kind of letting us know and the more we quiet our mind that's why i like meditation um and i've actually i took a break for a while but i've started doing it again the past few days but i i think i basically took a break for probably about half the year just a little bit i've been doing it but i'm gonna start doing it again every day and uh 
it, you get to quiet your mind down and you're able to listen to your intuition a little better. It's nice. Okay, let's look at the, the swords. Do you have any thoughts on those? I like how there's the way they're split up. So you can look at it two different ways. You can look at two versus, so you have seven, obviously. Then you have two versus five. So you have the two five breakdown. So you can get into what that means, how the five represents, you know, basically the hierophant. And you could look at the two as the high priestess. Um, so we can, we can talk about that. And then you can also look at how there's like a two, three, two split. Also, you could, I like, cause I, how we talked about, I think it was last week or maybe the week before the two tips that you can't see, they're like stuck in the ground. Mm-hmm. I said, when I was looking at this, I thought it was so interesting that he chose to carry them by the blade versus by the handles. Um, and so if we're talking about swords being uh, the suit of like logic and decisions, um, and a lot of times for me, I also identify it as like hardships. It's kind of going and dealing with them head on as opposed to trying to like go kind of like this like wimpy way around it. It's like, no, I'm going to deal with this right now. This is how I'm going to carry this. And then eventually I'll get over it, even though it's obviously going to cut his hands, Not which doesn't seem like the most logical decision, but hey. <laughs> sometimes it is though sometimes you gotta um endure the temporary pain okay did you have any thoughts on the different parts of this card no i think that's it okay so let's move into if this came up in a general reading what would you say in a general reading, I think I would go back to what I thought initially um, could be cutting your losses, but it can also be looked at as taking away a burden. So maybe you're taking somebody else's burdens away. How does that affect you? Is that something that you should be doing? Are you responsible for? Um, you know, sometimes you have to look out for yourself first, but you can also be doing this in a positive way where you're helping somebody out and you can look at it, those aspects. I said in a, a general reading, this would be like being happy with what you're given or kind of the hand that you're dealt. You might not get all of the things that you're asking for, but you're given what you can handle and what you can deal with and things are set up the way that they're supposed to be. Yeah, and it's, it's um, all to you how you decide to handle that situation. That's where That's where the free will and that's where your choice comes in. Right. And I said that um, I would also say if this came up in a general reading, I would say, like, you know, try to refrain from looking back um, and just try to look forward. Right. Because he looks like he's like sneaking away. But, but we don't see what's right in front of him. He focused and fixated on looking back at these different tents that he could trip over something in front of him. And then he's literally falling on these swords. Yeah, I like that because they cut the card off right at his foot. So he can't it's like he's not even looking three feet in front of him. Okay, so what if this card came reading? What would you say? Um, I would say that, would you say love reading? It broke up. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. love reading. 
if this came up in a love reading, I could say this might be like the end of a relationship in that one person taking. Sometimes it's taking too much. Sometimes it's taking just the right amount. Um, but getting out of there, but knowing how to do it delicately, tiptoeing out of the situation, not just trying to start a war, just figuring it out and um, sneaking away, I guess, kind of. <laughs> I think that I, I said that if this is if you were single, this would be kind of the idea of ghosting, just kind of piggybacking on what <laughs> yeah. you said. And yeah, so like many that. people are so fucking weak and can't tell someone like, hey this is never going to work out. I'm just no longer interested. And instead you play this game of like, I'm just going to ignore you as in like ignoring the problem makes it go away, but it doesn't. I mean, eventually for something like that, obviously that person would get the hint eventually, hopefully. Um, but it would be like either take kind of take that, that idea of ghosting. And if, if that person is the person who wants to ghost someone, just saying like, just tell them, you know, um, but I said, if you were in a relationship, this would be, um, kind of looking and seeing that you're not going to get, and I am a hundred percent a firm believer in this. You are not going to get everything that you want from one person in life. So as opposed to saying like, I'm going to get all seven of these swords, maybe in one person, you'll only find five and five out of seven ain't bad. You know what I mean? That's true. Maybe somebody else I mean, it's more than half. Other swords for you. Right. And it's like you can't have you can't have this expectation that somebody is going to provide everything for you, that they're going to be your everything. I think that's for me. I think that's really ignorant. Um, And you're setting yourself up for failure then. Yeah, it's a good point. All right. Now let's move on to career. If this came up in a career reading, what would you say? I would say make sure your employees aren't stealing all of your good ideas. And going to start their own business. Those bastards. Um, this could actually represent taking what you've learned at one place and bringing it to another place or maybe out on your own. And, and this just is a tactful way to do it. He's kind of daintily walking out. He's not making a big deal out of it. Um, maybe he's doing it a little sneakily. But I think you should be honest in what you do. But you don't always... that. Maybe that's what this talks about or this is trying to, to signal... Also, is that just because you don't want to if you want to be somebody who doesn't lie and you want to be honest all the time, that doesn't mean that you just have to volunteer information too. you could just you could always tell the truth and then sometimes just keep your mouth shut, you know, and not in a, a malicious way. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Does this make sense? I do. Um, there you go. I said take it, Ashley. Kind of, kind of similar. <laughs> I said that if this was a career reading, it would be one of those, not every idea is going to be a winning idea or every project is going to be this most amazing, like life changing project or any, every day is going to be this amazing day for you. And it's kind of, again, if the majority of them are hitting their marks and you're doing well, it's one of those like understanding that there are going to be losses along with the wins. Um, I love what you said about taking what you've learned. You can't obviously take everything with you in terms of actual physical things, but you can maybe take your ideas and your experience and move on elsewhere. And again, in your card, his face looks a lot happier. So maybe it is like I gained, gained everything I could from this place. Um, I knew it was a temporary experience, but now I'm moving on. Yeah. I like that. Okay. 
final thoughts on Seven of Swords, or are we good to go? Uh, the only other thing, I guess, is there like a castle, or I don't, or maybe other tents that are far away? You see, like under his, between his legs, if you zoom in, there's um. Oh yeah. Looks like a maybe it could even be a pyramid with a T in it. That's I don't know. I just uh-huh. uh, thought it was pretty interesting. And that looks maybe a little bit more um, permanent than yeah. perhaps these other tents. So maybe that's just where he started off. If you think of like the path of the fool, this is just another stop on his journey. Mhm. I think that's a great segue into going into our major arcana card of the week, which is the world. Um, so I'll give a brief description of that. Uh, I love this card. It's got a light blue background in the four corners. You've got these four different images, top left, you have a human top, right. You have, um, an Eagle bottom, right. You have a lion bottom left. You have like a bull. Um, and each of these figures is just the head and it's in a cloud in the center of the card. You have this green circle and it looks like of leaves. Um, and there's two red, like cloth crosses at the top and the bottom and in the center of the circle you see a female figure she's naked and she's got this purple cloth kind of draped over her and each of these hands it looks like she has it looks like the magician's wand um so she has it in the left and right hand so again if you want to check it out look at our instagram um to see exactly exactly what the world card looks like so what was your initial thought here <laughs> why don't you go first on this one um for me I mean my initial thought is kind of there's a lot of Catholic or Christian overtones here and it kind of seems like a lot of different perspectives of providing um different perspectives to the same story so looking at all of these different ways of looking at the world or looking at different situations and the figure in the center obviously is supposed to be like for me like mother earth um and she kind of has these four different ways of looking at things to give her this perspective. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, I took a sip of water to to talk, and then I went down the wrong went down the wrong way. That happened to me on stage once. It was brutal. I only had five minutes, and I wasted like a minute coughing. It was like, yeah, this is comedy. Um, no, I like that though because there really are tons of religious overtones in this, and I think we all know why, everybody, because. We've talked about this before, but a lot of modern day religion is based on astrotheology, which is based on astrology, the planet alignments and all that stuff. And you see that everywhere here. But my initial thought on this is if I saw it, it's a good card, peaceful, prosperous. Everyone's happy. Everyone's having a good time. There's clouds. It's in the sky. It looks like heaven. For sure. And I love that you said that because it's like the name of the card is the world. So whereas you would think heavenly or, you know, there's more spirituality there. The name of the card gives you that like earthly kind of bringing back down to the physical realm. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's look at the different parts of it. I want to talk about the four figures in the corners. I don't think we need to talk about each one individually, but we can if you'd like. Um, so. If yeah, I did a lot of studying of religious texts and um, 
the four different images here represent the four gospel writers that have been accepted by Catholic and a lot of Christian um, scholars and religions to say that these are the four different gospels that you would find in, in the Bible. Um, each of them has its own perspective, was written at a different time. I'm not going to say I believe one person wrote each of them, but each of those images would reflect on the gospel writers. Um, so for me, it's like, again, there's all of these different figures that are giving different sides to the, maybe the same story. We all know the story stories of Jesus, right? But they're coming from a collection of texts. It's not just one text that gives us all of these stories and all of these potential answers. Yeah, and to take that even further, I found out that they also represent the four great stars, which form the cross. Um, we've talked about the cross of St. Andrew and St. George. They form the cross of St. Andrew. And those four stars are Aldebaran, which is the eye of the bull in Taurus, so it's the eye. Then we have Antares, Antares which is in Scorpio. We have Regulus, which is in Leo. And we have Formalhalt in uh former halt which is in aquarius so there you go that's what it is it's from the stars everybody <laughs> i mean i love that because they're in the sky right so they could be very representational of these like um celestial kind of balls of gas but to take those and be able to say like this is how it's going to then be represented I think constellations themselves are so interesting because how people actually view them and the images they actually see when you just are trying to play connect the dots yeah I digress there for a second no that's fine actually part of that broke up so what were you saying that the the um the stars represent gods is that what you said uh, no, I was saying that that you could use them to like, obviously people use them to make constellations and tell stories and you oh, see the okay. actual pictures. I think it's so interesting of how they use that to explain things. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It, so much. It's that concept of as above, so below. People take that and there's so much going on up there. Why wouldn't it affect us? I mean, if if the moon affects the way that the water and the tides work. You know, and then that's just water. If you think we're all made of water, it's it's really interesting. It's just nobody really. Some people talk about it, but we talk about it, guys. That's why you want to hear stuff like this. Go to the Terrible Podcast, Terrible.com, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L.com. And don't forget to go to our Instagram at Terrible2. Anyway. Okay, so let's look at this green kind of wreath in that's kind of in the center here. What did you think? That it's the it's the shape of it's the oval, which reminds me of the Vesica Pisces when you put the two circles at a certain angle and it represents so it represents the um the creative force of the universe, which also represents the woman, the vagina, because that's where life comes from. Life human life comes from the woman, it's the same same thing. So and the fact that it's green that Green is the creative color. Green represents esoterically, if you look at like Freemasonry, green represents. Um, so you have one side of the spectrum is of light is red and one is blue, and the middle is green. So it's when you put these together, you're creating a universe. It's the masculine and the feminine putting them together and creating green in the universe. Well, I mean, now what can I say? Because you went super deep on that, and I'm going to sound so 
characters. Um, no, no, it's um, great. Take I, us back, please. Take us I back to reality. That this green... <laughs> you're you're grounding us, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's aliens, man! Um, I said that this reminds me of a laurel wreath. Um, and kind of the fake circle, it's like this endless like victory if you were able to, again, have that perspective and that knowledge and look at things from many different points of view as opposed to one solitary point of view. Yeah, I like Those that. Those were my thoughts. Okay, so the woman in the, the middle, I said that she reminded me, do you remember the show Captain? There was a character, Gaia, who was, like, guiding them. What show through, is this? Um, all of these different Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Okay, yeah, because you broke up for a minute. I remember Captain Planet, yep. And um, she is the figure that kind of had the home base and, like, would tell them where they were going. And she wore a purple tunic. And this is kind of what she this figure reminded me of. Obviously, the figure in the cartoon wasn't nude. That'd be totally inappropriate for a child's cartoon. But um, I said there was, like, the tunic is the reflection of, like, that royalty of that. Um, I, I almost said, like, superiority. And the fact that it just draped around her, she has that freedom of being naked, but still has that control and authority. Yeah, that's that's great, especially purple because it's a royal color. Mm -hmm. I'm about to blow your mind right now. So zoom back a little bit, kind of when you're looking at that tunic or that cloak. What does it represent? What's it look like, like a number or letter or something? Does it come out to you as anything? A three. Yeah. <laughs> crazy right <laughs> oh yeah i never honestly would have even seen that if you hadn't said that yeah and i was i was doing some research yesterday and i came across that crazy and i like okay, it because it goes what were it, your thoughts on the figure um so I, I would like like to go off the three really quick with the three four correlation. We always talk about how that represents the um squaring the circle or circling square. I always get it wrong. But it's basically just about self knowledge. It's like building the pyramid. Um so I would say with this figure, you're pretty much dead on with that. It, it, you could also think of her as Mother Nature, the creative force, because I said she's inside of the this creative circle of life. So she is mm -hmm. Mother Nature. She has both the wands and she keeps them right in the middle. You know, not one up, one down, whatever. It's that balance. Yes, and I love that the wands are like, have two points at the end and they both look very similar because it's not saying that one direction is better. You need to have that combination of kind of, for me, it was like left and right brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feminine, masculine, if we wanted to go with that. Um, okay. A any other things you want to talk about on this card before we go into what it means? Yes. Her, her legs. Okay. So this is something that you will see if you look at some of the Hindu gods. I think it's like Krishna or um, I'll find a picture and put it up, but they cross their legs. And that also has to do. So that's a. That's symbolizing the cross of St. George, like the Christian cross. That's the way she's going with it there. And then if you put an X through to like, so if you go from the eagle to the bull, 
and then from the lion to the man up there at top, you make that X, then you're making that same cross, just like you'd see in the British flag, the yes. eight-sided cross. So that's kind of hidden in there there uh, also. I never would have even focused on her. More astrological correlations, yeah. I was going deep at some research yesterday. Okay. <laughs> this, if, if this card came up with a general reading, what would you say? This card would be a really good card to come up in a general reading. It's the highest of the major arcana. It's 21. You know, it's blackjack, everybody. You win. Hell yeah. So I, I would tell the person that enjoy what's going on right now, learn from it what you can, and then also know that nothing's ever done, nothing's ever complete. You're always working on yourself. You're always, you should always be working on yourself and should always be trying to make yourself better. But you know, stop and enjoy the pleasures of life. If you know, if you have a victory or reward or something happens, take the time out, enjoy it. Right. And I think a lot of times people are so kind of in their own head of like, well, something bad is definitely going to happen right after this. I know I'm one of those people. So I think you're right on with that. Um, and I think it's also important for people to recognize where they are mentally um, and, and maybe like developmentally at that point as well. Like how did I get how did either I set myself up for success or work the success um, to kind of be able to mimic that, like to be able to kind of always be on like, the, you know, onwards and upwards type of of mentality yeah yeah so it's, it's taking if the good with the bad you know. up, yes for sure so if this came up in a love reading i would say it's kind of this feeling if you're single of loving all parts of life um and i think I, i've talked about this so much right about how there are people that are serial monogamous or are looking for specific things and i think it's one of those you can go and, and get a whole bunch of, just like I was talking about with the Seven of Swords, um, different different experiences and different, um, have different things in common and like to do different things with different people um, and kind of having that balance of, in your life, of not realizing that you need to be with somebody at all times, you know? And then if you're in a relationship, I said this would be a really positive card, right? Like things are going really well, um, kind of smooth sailing. I would again go back to this reflection of like, how did you get there? Um, to be able to reflect back if things don't go so well, be like, how do I fix this or how can I change this to get back to where we were? Yeah, what were your I, thoughts? I think um, if I like what you said, and I think the only thing I could really add to that would be if. If a guy, a friend, came, uh, like a guy friend came to me and was asking about his girlfriend, I'd be like, if this card came up, I'd go, she's definitely stripping. <laughs> Look at that. She's not on one pole. She's got two. <laughs> she's definitely out there showing everything to the world. So, you know, don't judge her. I'm just letting you know. No, I, I, I think what you said pretty much nailed it. Um, It just has to do with being happy, being okay and happy with yourself even though you know you're working on yourself all the time but you got to be okay with yourself and love yourself before you could uh, yeah, yeah. love anyone else and i think sometimes there's this situation i'm like i need to be happy and 
And I think that maybe the word I would use instead is like content. You should have contentment all the time and happiness this is something that obviously you should strive for. You should be content at where you are because everyone has their own journey. And the point of the journey that you're in right now is where you're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's about, like I said a little bit earlier, it's about making that decision constantly in every moment that you can be aware of making the right decision, the right thing to do. That's right for you. And, um, knowing that it's okay to trust your instincts. And even if you're wrong, it's okay to be wrong because that's how you learn. You just have to keep an open mind so that you know if you are wrong and you do make a mistake that you can learn from it because if not, it's just going to keep coming at you and coming at you. And I just had a conversation like this uh, with a friend last night and he was referencing another person we know where they're just displaying this behavior. It's just like a pattern where they keep doing something and it's like biting them in the ass. And then I said, well, you know, some people, that's just how they have to learn. And you could just use that as a teaching for you. If there's something in your life that just keeps coming back and smacking you, whatever it is, you know, if there's something that keeps going back and coming back, you have to step back and look at what's really causing it. And are you really the cause of this problem? Is something that you're doing causing this pattern of um, negative uh, occurrences to happen to you or whatever it is that happens or even negative behavior. But you, Brandon, I was, ta I've talked to you, like I just recently started therapy and sometimes you don't even recognize the patterns you're involved in. And sometimes it takes years and then you look back and you're like, how the hell did I get here? You know, because you just keep doing the same thing over and over, but in your head, you don't see it either because you're ignorant of it or, you know, it, for you, it feels yes. different each time or something like that. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and I think when we look at other people's behavior, instead of judging it, which, listen, I love to judge. I mean, I like to, I used to love to go to the mall and just judge people. It's fun, you know? But, um, so <laughs> what you can do though, is you could take those judgments and then, then, um, look inside and say, okay, so what is it about this person be person's behavior that's bothering me? Okay. Why is this something that maybe I do or something like I'm doing? So it reminds me of what I do. And so instead of hating it inside me, I look for it externally because I don't want to accept that part about me. So, you know, these are all things, these are all tools we can use to make ourselves better, which we can in turn make a whole better world. That's how you do it. You do it internally instead of externally if you want to change people or a group of people you change yourself first and you become that example and that's another quote that i was going to use um which is from the bhagavad gita which basically says that the path of great men uh the path of a great man becomes like a, a beacon to the world for them to follow so mm -hmm. great men okay, and so women i put it i put it on my instagram actually and I put, and then I, I, I yeah, mm -hmm. and then I had to put the things that great men and women, cause I wasn't thinking, cause you know, I'm a man. So I put it up and I was like, ah, shit, I didn't put woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was born in the seventies. Um, it's not my fault. That's why words don't, it's symbols, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on. If this came up in a career reading, what would you think? If this came up in a career reading, whew. That, like I said, in all the other 
all the other times, this is just a really, really positive card, really power, powerful card, too, because like we said, it's the apex. So if you think of the Major Arcana, some people liken it to a journey, a journey that you go mm-hmm. on within yourself and then externally throughout the world. This is the end of that journey. This is like the end of the movie, whatever it is, the end of the happy ending. Um so in a career, we're talking about careers, right? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> I would say in a career that this is like you're at that mastery level. Whatever it is that you attain to do, you're there. And now, since you've attained that mastery, you can apply that in other areas of your life. Because now you know the shortcuts that got you there. So you could apply those to other areas. So whatever it is that you want to do now, say you want to play the guitar so now you have mastery of one subject you can apply it in other areas especially the confidence that's a huge part of it too for me looking at it i said i agree it would be a very good card to have and it would be like again contentment in whatever position you have i pulled this card as a card of the day a while ago um, maybe a couple of weeks ago and it was honestly it was like yes i'm very content with the position i'm in a really nice work balance um and feeling very secure in where I am and what I was doing um and that's kind of what I looked at for years like saying like this is a good spot to be in um I'm not overwhelmed I'm not underwhelmed I'm just good I'm just whelmed no I'm kidding <laughs> perfectly whelmed I think it's funny because all right any final thoughts well, I want to say for our old, um, for people who have been with us from the beginning, they might remember where you would always get upset because you never get major arcana cards. And now you are getting major arcana cards in your card of the day. And now mm-hmm. I want to just say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right? It's crazy because sometimes these cards right. really represent um, but see, major me, I... changes and stuff. It's nuts. Right. So for me, it's a reflection of like, I'm on. Even though it might not seem like that to some people, for me, uh, a reassurance of like, you know what you need to do. So keep doing what you're what you're doing right now. So you said that, you know, because it sounded like it might have broke up. You, You said, you know, you're on the right path because you're getting all the major arcana cards. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so it's like, keep doing what you're doing, even though it, it might be difficult. Um, Like, you know what you need to do. Trust yeah. Me you got to climb that mountain, you know? Okay, final thoughts on the world? Um, no, I think I, I'm good. Anything for you? Nope, I'm good. All right, so for the end part of our we're going to look at two different interpretations of the same card, so it would be the seven of and the world card, but it's in a different deck, so the so for this part, Brandon does the description and a little bit of. All right. So again, you were breaking up a little. I'm not sure if it's going to come through in the recording, but if it does, so I'll just kind of recap what you said. Now's the time of the podcast where we talk about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, and I give the interpretations of the card. So if you guys want to know this, uh, what they look like, I strongly, highly suggest going to follow along at our Instagram at terrible 2 T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two, and I put all the cards there. 
Um, and if you would like to get one of your own decks, you can go to comedylol.com, click on the Amazon link, and then put in Thoth, T-H-O-T, tarot deck, and you can buy yourself one, and we actually get a portion of that. and doesn't cost you any more. Okay, so first we're looking at the Seven of Swords. It says down at the bottom of the card, Futility. There are seven swords. There's one central larger sword and then three swords on each side sticking into them, which kind of like it looks like a tree a little bit with or maybe like a bush sticking up. But they're all equal. And each top of the sword is a little different in the top of the middle larger sword. There's a moon, a crescent moon. And then. There's just shapes in the background that we've seen in the other swords cards. It's just geom geo geograph uh yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. Angles, guys, angles. I'm like Elmer Fudd today. And then we have that's all folks. No, that's Porky Pig. Um so we have a blue background, it's like a pale light sky blue background. And uh, I think that's about it. So let's go into um my thoughts are that I'm looking at this and I feel there's such a balance. If you were to cut the card in half, at least when it comes to the swords, it would be balanced on both sides. So the idea of futility, I don't see that. I almost see like um, equality and um, yeah. And I, I'm looking at the symbols of all of the different swords at the handle. It looks like different um planet symbols so again i just feel like there's a balance there it's um each of them represents something different and uh again just having this kind of well-rounded perspective maybe they mean futility in the way like it's futile to fight this battle everything's balanced and it's equal so you might as well keep it that way uh, you know that's the only thing i could kind of think mm-hmm maybe that respect um i do like though how the big sword is pointing up to the moon that's really cool and then if you because if you look at this card upside down it looks more like a um like a leaf yes Mm -hmm. i like the idea of there being one strong central sword and the other six kind of being smaller um, and so the interpretation then is having like, what is this crescent moon kind of, and for me, a crescent moon, even though this would technically be like a, a waning crescent, which would be like the end of something. Um, I would say the idea of a crescent moon in, in general is just like new beginnings and growth and opportunities. And so the idea of all of these kind of converging onto it kind of show their influence in these new possibilities. Yeah, and also because seven is like the number of perfection, it could be that they've attained perfection and now that next stage is uh, darkness and maybe some chaos next. So maybe that's why, also maybe that's why they're talking about futility because everything is a cycle. So no matter what you build, eventually it's going to change and it's going to turn into something else. All right, love that. I mean, All I right. really have nothing else to say about that card. I'm yeah, excited that's, for the next one. Me too. Uh, let's go on. This one is card number 21 in the major arcana of the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, the universe card. And this card you're really going to have to look at for yourself. Very hard to, de- um, to describe. But in each corner, I could say we have 
the different symbols like we did in the other card we talked about in the world card. It's just they're symbolized differently and they all have water coming out of their noses and mouths. In the middle of the card is what looks like a female figure also naked. And instead of like some kind of shawl, it looks like more of a serpent that she has. It's like a snake that she's actually riding on. Like her foot is on the snake's head, similar to what we would see like Mother Mary. <laughs> we could talk about that too. Um, or Mary. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus's mom, Mary in the Bible, that one. Uh, and then it looks like the whole serpent is emanating from some kind of light ray coming out of an eye in the background. And all in the middle, there's like a, looks like stars and green waves coming out. Really have to check it out. What do you think about this card? Okay. Um, figures in the corner. So obviously, again, a representation to me of the four gospel writers. But I love that it looks like this water, and that's my interpretation, is pouring out of their mouths. Um, or maybe it's air, right? But um, you wouldn't be able to see it then. That idea of spirituality. Um, from these four different these four different images and i think that it almost looks like a water drop that this figure is in and because it's blue in the background and you have this eye that's kind of seeing all of these so if you turn this card on the side it almost looks like an eyelid and an eye um and where that all I would be almost like the inside corner of your eye. And it's almost like all of these things are converging to give you this opportunity to see outside of the norm, outside of what your normal consciousness and perspective is. Yeah, I like that. Going back to the original quote, kind of everything looks differently. And also, if it does look like an eye, the whole card, um, you put it on its side. But if you look at it upright, it also looks like that vesica pisces shape we were talking about with the oval kind of and the the whole shape of the um creation the universe the vagina that whole thing so it looks like that's what it's coming out of but then i love how there's another one like you said in the corner it's that all seeing eye that the rays are emanating from so it's just like the as above so below it's just another perspective and for me, there's this blue ring kind of uh, in this blue, like kind of ovally shape, and it has all these X's on it. And for me, that was going off of like a birth chart or something, kind of like mapping out the exact location from when you were born. Oh, yeah. Did you also see it looks like there's some kind of temple maybe underneath the central figure? If you look under the snake. I exactly, but for me, it looked like one shape just repeating over and over and over again. Oh yeah, like a um, like a hologram kind of. Mhm. Mm I love the way this card looks. For me, it definitely gets. And what I think is important to point out is the difference between this and the Rider Waite deck is the Rider Waite called it the world, and this one called it the universe. And I definitely like more of that perspective of of having all of these different influences outside of just Earth. Yeah, for sure. I think it's the same type of principle, though, because if you think of as above, so below. But I love how this card, so you can look at both of those cards. You could take them and put them next to each other, too, and see what they symbolize. One, the world, you know, just of what we know, and then the universe is the next level up. Mm -hmm. You can look at the different correspondences. Mm -hmm. 
Lovely. All right. You have anything else you want to talk about? That card, I could just look at it for hours. I know, me too. But no, I'm good. All right, guys. I think this is the end of our Seven of Swords and the World slash Universe episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You can go to comedylol.com to find us or terrible, T-A-R-O-T-B-O-L-L.com to find the podcast. And what are we doing next week, Ashley? Next week, we're going to talk about the Eight of Swords. And I want to go back to the Fool card. And my quote is going to be, everybody plays the Fool sometimes. There you go. Sometimes. (laughs) All right, everybody. Until next week, stay terrible. Cast Network.